so long it's been since we've been here. What's going on, guys? Welcome on into Second and Short Podcast. We talk fantasy football, dynasty football. We're also known as the cheap seats when we answer some specific questions here, uh, giving you our opinions from way up high uh, when it's a little harder to see everything, and we'll give you those answers as well. We are officially mosaic.m.c, mosaicmc, uh, which is Mosaic Media Communications, new branding, new company, uh, taking over all media operations. So the second and short and cheap sheets podcast, those are just, you know, just a little division underneath the Mosaic MC uh, window. And real quick on the refresher of Mosaic MC, what it is and everything, essentially a mosaic, as we all know, or if you don't know, uh, it's just, it's just a picture, you know, formed of many different pieces of glass. And what is Mosaic Media Communications? We're just a bunch of different media put together to form one product. And this is just one of those pieces of glass. I am Tyler Lauder, your host, Jason Teasley, our Dynasty Fantasy expert over on the coast. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. Happy to be back in the saddle. Mm-hmm. Uh, after a little hiatus, life gets in the way, but that happens sometimes. Yeah, and uh, life gets in the way. Things, you know, just kind of go here and there and Really busy with the, the football team I'm working with. You can check out all the stuff from the Rapid City Marshals that we work with here, uh, here on YouTube as well. Or if you're listening on all of our audio only versions of this podcast, you can go check us out on all of our social medias at Mosaic MC, uh, where you can see all the cool things we're doing there with highlights of live games, play by play, live streams, everything there. But today, we're going to have our maybe our very first of many actually recorded because we have lots of these Uh, but we're gonna actually have a dynasty conversation today is all about the dynasty conversation we're gonna go back and forth and this offseason has been wild lots of players transferring teams values going everywhere up and down guys that were not signed anywhere are now signed and offer value Uh, if you bought some of those guys last year late in the year early in offseason you're benefiting Uh, but let's just talk about trends that you're doing let's go personal and let's, um, let's take what you're doing in most of your leagues or things that you're trying to get done, and let's blend them in to everybody else's stuff. So what's the first thing that you've been noticing yourself that you're doing a lot of? A lot, like a, a, a lot, like almost to the point where maybe you have an addiction to doing this. Trading, trading is, is, the, is the thing that I've been doing a lot of this season, more so than previous seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a lot of players shifting landscapes, uh, more players coming in, shaking up divisions like Russell Wilson uh, going to the AFC West, you know, that's created a lot of buzz, a lot of discussion, a lot of people willing to make some high value trades, uh, I might say. I will say this, we're in three leagues together and I have seen you consistently. We did one ourselves. We won't discuss the details here, but, you are consistently trading away future picks, uh, which is like you're zagging when everybody's zigging or wherever the phrase goes. And I can't make up right now if you're <laughs> crazy for doing something that is so against the grain that every, I mean, there are people that are trading those away, but I see you doing it in all of our leagues. Um, or if you're taking advantage of everybody who is so in love with this 2023 hype that you're just like, you know what? I'm going to take the risk that it's not going to live up to the hype and I'm going to maximize on this value I have right now. 
sometimes you sometimes you got to be the outlier. Uh, yeah. Whenever, like you said, when everybody zigs, you got to zag. You got to mm-hmm. you got to blaze your own path. And yeah, Belichick the system. Uh, and, and that's and that keeps that keeps owners like you on the on your toes. You're constantly thinking, uh, well, what does he do that I don't? Well, what is he seeing that I don't? And there you could you could play that to your advantage. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of fantasy is strategic. Um, I, I compare it. Uh, one of my friends uh, plays a lot of D and D, and I tell him it's fantasy football is D and D for sports guys mm-hmm. uh, because you have to be strategic. You have to look at trends. You have to look uh, and capitalize. You have to look at a, a lot of variables. So when you're doing stuff like I'm doing in our leagues, is I'm bucking the trend. I'm going against this 2023 class, which everybody has a lot of hype on. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting some good returns. <laughs> so, yeah. And I so, mean, that's, that, it's kind of like one of those things like, um, and this, we'll, we'll talk about this in a second, but uh, what, I, what I'm thinking of, but I mean, you are taking advantage of something that is high value. Now, those picks are going to increase in value all the way up to um, the day that everybody declares for the draft. Because once that deadline hits and we see like, okay, well, number two, five, and eight are going back to college. Okay, the first round is still good, but it's not 12 deep like we think it is. And I think a lot of people uh, are getting, they're getting caught up in this like 2023 draft is so dominant because there's reports of potentially like seven quarterbacks coming out that are legit. Guys that would be in the argument for QB one to two to three in this past class. Uh, that teams will probably be wanting to get in the first round. Um, right after the NFL draft happened, I forget who it was. Um, it was Mel Kuyper or Todd McShay. It was on ESPN. But they had like seven quarterbacks going in like the first like 16 picks. Uh, a lot of SEC quarterbacks uh, from all over the place, uh, but just showing that the depth is good. Now, my point to this, bring it back around, is that maybe in super flex leagues, 2023 firsts are extremely valuable and we should have them. But in single quarterback, is the 112 next year more valuable than the 112 this year? Some people would like to believe that it is. But in my opinion, if I can get George Pickens right now or Jahan Dodson over potentially in a single quarterback, um, the RB4, the, the QB5, which would actually a single quarterback, probably the like QB2 or 3, um, or like the wide receiver 3, and the wide receiver class isn't as deep next year as it is this year. Uh, in my opinion, those are questions that I think people need to really ask. And now, I mean, I sold to you. I bought your 23 first in one league. Um, and I, I'm okay with it because I'm always, a, I'm always a believer that when we go through rookie drafts uh, or like around that area, that I should come out with at least one pick in next year's class in that draft. That's like kind of my goal every year. And if, sometimes I fail in it. But that's my take on rookie drafts. It's not necessarily like that's my trend that I've been doing and I'm going to continue to do it every year. I do think, and I've been going for a long time, so I'm going to sum this up real quick, that rookie drafts, you should have some type of idea of what you want out of your rookie drafts, whether that be I'm getting the best player available at every pick. I'm getting a running back. I am going to make one trade down and acquire a future pick, whether it's first, second, third, or fourth. Add in that fourth next year. It's valuable. It's a trade asset down the line. Um, when somebody wants just like a little bit more in a deal, throw it in. Uh, but that's my trend that I've been noticing I've been doing 
this offseason. So now we need to ask you, you're taking advantage of 23 picks values. What is your thought on maybe getting out on Jamar Chase right now? Oh, no, no. Um, uh, he, I think he's only going to increase in value. I think if you're going to deal him, it's going to be after this season. Um, because a rookie season, you know, I, I'm down on people on the rookie seasons, um, like the hype. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel that a lot of those are outliers because teams don't know how to really game plan for certain players. Uh, Jamar Chase is a, is a good example because he, he didn't have a lot of college game film. When he did, it was old game film. So him coming into the league, you did not have fresh game film. Now, as the season progressed, you, you acquired game film, but he is one of these athletes that has the amoeba mentality that his game is constantly changing. He can uh, adapt and adjust. I was down on Jamar Chase. Uh, as you know, I mean, you can go back and look at some of our old TikToks. One of my hot takes was he wasn't even going to be the number one wide receiver on his team. That is very um, big of you to admit that right now. Because a lot of people in the fantasy community, when they make big, you know, when we create content, when they make big, bold moves and predictions and everything, and they're wrong, uh, they kind of tuck their tail and they don't ever mention it again. And they act like it never happened unless somebody brings it up. Uh, very big of you to admit how wrong you were. Yeah, because I was going off of the one, rust. Two, mm. acclimation. Three, he comes out saying, you know, it's hard for him to acclimate catch you the football uh in the nfl the nfl style of football uh it's kind of hard for him to track the ball maybe it was a smoke screen maybe that's what was meant to happen and he was playing chess while everybody else was playing checkers but and i and i don't care to admit i when i'm when i'm wrong i'll admit it it's not Mm. very often but i do admit that i'm wrong um so i think if you're going to capitalize on chase it's going to be after this season make sure that he can have back-to-back seasons of that, and he don't hit a sophomore slump. So the this this came up in one of our leagues that I was in. Um, not you're not in this league. It's a special Harry Potter themed league. Um, slight details on it. We'll go into more. But essentially, there's four houses, seven owners in each house. So there's seven divisions. Every division has one member from a house. Um, and based on which house scores more house points through all of the things we have going on throughout the year, um, the league rules change year to year. Real, it's a really cool league concept. Um, uh, I, th- I think uh, I think Hufflepuff won it this past year. So the, the format changed from single quarterback to two QB, two running back, two receiver, two tight end. That's it. That's the format this year. And every year it changes the rookie draft. So our rookie draft because Hufflepuff is like preseason week one. Sometimes when it's like Slytherin wins, it's an auction rookie draft. So it's all crazy. But anyways, in my group chat that I'm in, 28 owners, so lots of different opinions. Somebody said that you should get out on Jamar Chase now while you can. The reason why, and I I agree to what he's saying, is that his value is at its peak. And a peak is the most you can ever get for something. Now, his comparison was like OBJ. But OBJ, I think, I'd have to go back and look. Um, I know he had three consecutive seasons of like 1,300 yards coming out of the NFL right away. Boom, boom, boom. It's like some, somewhere like, I think it was like 12, 13, 14, something like that. It was a, it was a lot. 
But if you would have sold them after that first year, you would have gotten a tremendous amount of value back. We're talking probably three first round picks back, right? Which you would hope one of them turns into him, but realistically, they I mean one of those three would hit. Um, but then if you wait again, like, oh, he's at a number a wide receiver one year, then another wide receiver one year, and now you're in year four, and then he gets hurt. And after he gets hurt, OBJ's value has slowly been going down. Where now today, you couldn't get a you couldn't sell OBJ for a first, even though he's not on a team. I'm just saying, even if he wasn't team. So I think that's the argument they're making. It's like, okay, Justin Jefferson, there right now. Should yeah. we should we get out on Justin Jefferson right now? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to trade Jefferson right now, it's the time to do it because he showed some consistency. Uh, he's not an outlier in my opinion anymore. So if you're looking for a a peak potential for Jefferson, right now is this because also this is something you got to factor in. He's got Thielen across from him, who is a constant possession receiver. Kirk Cousins has a good relationship with him, but how long is Kirk Cousins going to be in Minnesota? When are they going yeah. to turn the reins over to somebody else? So these are factors that I look at when I'm selling somebody like Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. He's got that he's got that built-in repertoire with Kirk Cousins. He's got a wide receiver, two opposites of him, who is aging, who can move the change, who works really well underneath to let him stretch the field. But next year, Cousins could be gone. He could be in a whole new scheme and he not put it up numbers. Dillon could retire after this year. These are things that I look at. Like I said, I don't look at I don't look at the current year. I look down the road. Yeah, which is what we should do with Dynasty. And I, I, I agree. Um, it's just it's one of those things of like capitalize on max value. It's so hard to like trade away a top asset because I feel like yeah. I feel like what uh Travis Kels is what? He's 31, 32? 30 yeah, he's 31 right now. 31, 32. It's okay. So, but two years ago, everybody was saying he's 29, get out. And they were saying that about Zach Ertz two years ago, right now as well, before Zach Ertz kind of value kind of dropped and then it came back up a little bit. But they were saying that. Now, if you listen to people two years ago that said, get out on Kels and get out on Ertz, you either won big because you got out on Ertz or you're thinking that you lost now because you got out on Kels and you lost that value. So it's, it's a huge risk. I think, though, that if, if, if guys like Justin Jefferson that were probably drafted at like pick like 1-9, 1-8, Jamar Chase was drafted at like pick 1-4, 1-5 in Superflex, maybe 1-3, 1-2 in um, regular drafts, uh, single quarterback. So he's a different one. But like J- Jefferson was probably the fourth or fifth receiver taken in most rookie drafts. If you would have traded him after year one, I mean, you would have turned around and maybe got Jamar Chase the next year plus two more first rounders this year's first round. So you got Jamar chase, you got Kenneth Walker, and then you get a first next year as well. Sounds pretty damn good for Jefferson. Even if you didn't get Jamar chase last year, you got Jalen Waddle, you got James cook this year, and then you still get a first next year. That still sounds pretty good for Jefferson after one year. And I think that's the big thing that we have to look at here um, is taking that, that risk. I think that's what makes dynasty fun. I think when you just like when you draft a player and then you hold them on your roster till he dies, it can be rewarding if they're good, but it's it's not it's not fun, at least for me. Okay, let's do the flip side. Let's what? let's use Kyle Pitts. Kyle, Kyle Pitts, Pitts did not did not have a great season. He was taken one three one four. 
Well, he, he did have a and, good season. He just, I mean. He did have a great season. That's what I'm saying. He did not have a great season. He did not produce the hype. He did not live up to the hype that everybody put on. Mainly because of touchdowns, though, I think is, is the biggest right. thing. I think if he would have scored where he was supposed to in touchdowns, um, he would have been the hype that he was supposed to be, I think, at least. I think he's still, he's still there, but. Which I was, I was right that he would, he would not live up to his hype. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'm one for it's like one. A, it's like a slight uh, one. Okay. Hey, a win's a win, even if it's by one point. That's uh, but let's 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 take a look at him now. Are you going to get out on him because he didn't live up to the hype, or are you going to hold on to him? These are some things you got to look at. Uh, you got a new scheme coming in. You know, you could, and this is where you this is where you need to play the the buck the system thing that I do uh, in a lot of trades. I do. You could be like, well, you know, you took him so high. You could you could benefit on that because an owner may have took him high, that was really unsure about taking him that high. And you could get max, you could get him, and get a max return on him because he didn't live up to the hype. So the, you got to look at the yin yin yang of it because if he if people are like, well, man, I I think I overpaid for Kyle Pitts because yeah he did he wasn't the the tidy one that he was expected to be. Okay, so okay, I'll give you, I'll give you, Kels, you give me a first and Kyle Pitts. Who who wins that trade? Well, whoever got the first and Kyle Pitts would steal that trade, to be honest. Exactly, the, but the, but if you're looking at at value, and and the person's down on Pitts, and they're wanting that tight uh, that for sure tidy in one, they're going to go for the proven, I and you're going to benefit. I don't think that so real quick and everything. And I, I don't think that deal would ever happen, to be honest. I think Kyle Pitts's value is worth more than Travis Kels right now. Um, I, I don't know anybody that would move that. Now, Kyle Pitts did finish his tight end five in most leagues. Um, tight end five. I'm trying to look at what his points are. He was. He scored about what he got 13 points more than Gusecki. He scored less than Dalton Schultz, um, less than George Kittle, who missed three games as well. Um, but Kyle Pitts was still tight end five as a rookie, which I think is it's a very big thing. And with, with Kels probably dying down here in a year or two, he should move up in there. Um, so my thing is, somebody like Kels, whose value was very high, and or with Pitts, whose value is very high, you could get out of him, even though having a tight end is very key. And you could maybe pull in somebody like TJ Hawkinson, who scored. I'm trying to look at TJ Hawkinson was like 12th tight end. You might be able to pull Hawkinson plus for Pitts, and it might not look as sexy right away, uh, but you're going to get decent return in points per game. Uh, you're going to get decent value in having a startable guy. But that's the conversation right there. Like if you trade away Jamar Chase right now and Let's just say, give me a number. Give me a number, a wide receiver what total that, that you think you'd be okay falling down to for Jamar Chase. Like Jamar Chase was what? He was wide receiver five last year. So yeah, I how, mean, I would go. As low as you would go, the lowest you'd want to go for a receiver without knowing who it is. I would go probably 12, 13. Okay, so let's say you ended up trading away Jamar Chase and you got wide receiver 13 in return. That's CeeDee Lamb. You would probably gain a first-round pick on top of that. That's 
elite value that you can get right now. That's the thing that we have to look at. Now, enough with that. We've talked about that enough and everything. Let's kind of buck this. Let's kind of move into a different direction. And let's talk about some rookie draft trends. What is some things that you are trending and you're doing more and more of uh, that you weren't doing you know, that you weren't thinking you were going to do. What did you end up coming out of all of your rookie drafts? And I'm sure I, I still have, but I have one, one rookie draft that's still going on. And I think I have one more rookie draft in a couple of weeks. And then I'm done with rookie drafts altogether. Got four coming up. Four <laughs> so, coming up. Yeah. So, but I'm noticing that in rookie drafts, I'm looking for that more of that depth plug and plug and play that's not going to be immediate um and i'm i'm liking this draft class a lot more than most uh so that's so i'm putting this i'm going to say i'm going to go out on a limb here and i might get crucified for it i'm going to say that this draft class ends up being on par with next year's yeah uh i, I don't think you're once all is said and done you're not going to see a great gap in value uh player value you're going to see i think this draft class is a lot deeper than next year's simply because of the wide receiver depths uh so yeah i i'm investing more faith in this year's draft class than i am next yeah and i i think realistically is that we're seeing a lot of running backs that are going to fall into these handcuff situations um when you hit currently James Cook uh, passed, even though Kenneth Walker is probably technically a uh, handcuff this year. Um, but James Cook and, and like the next seven guys are all looking like handcuffs, but any of them could steal the job from the guy in front of them. Because um, a lot of those teams don't have like guys that we're really, really into. Uh, like guys like Tyler Algier are sitting there in Atlanta that everybody thinks he might be able to take the job. We have uh, Williams down in the with the Rams that might be able to take the job from two injury-prone running backs in front of him. Um, you know, we have guys like White, uh, both Whites, that are sitting behind Josh Jacobs and Leonard Fournette, uh, a guy that is already on a second team and has battled injuries, and a guy who didn't get his fifth-year option picked up. So some of these guys that we're saying, ah, they're not as good. Next year's running backs are way better. They might be the starters going into next year, and we might see a similar situation with these running backs. Now, a trend that I'm seeing... Um, is I'm getting a lot of shares of Jahan Dotson. I'm benefiting from a first-round draft capital guy that is sitting behind contract year Terry McLaurin um, on a team that doesn't really have a lot of depth at the position, uh, that's got an injury-prone tight end, uh, that is falling into the second round, and I am kind of benefiting and snagging him up everywhere. I have taken him at 112 in a lot of places. I'm getting him all the way at like 2-4, 2-5 in a lot of places. Uh, Jahan Dodson is a guy that I have the most shares in of this rookie class. <clears throat> and when I keep scrolling down, uh, my next guy that I have the most shares in after that is I have a lot of shares with uh, Matt Corral, <clears throat> who Carolina quarterback um, I'm getting as like the QB four in a lot of leagues. And I think yeah. he has maybe the shortest leash on the quarterback ahead of him to just pull him back and take his job because Sam Darnold's already been benched before like and he's staying with the team that has benched him so that could happen again granted new offensive coordinator new things going on he's been with the team better offensive line Christian McCaffrey's back 
but I'm benefiting from that. And I'm getting him late second round and single quarterbacks. And even in super flex leagues, I'm getting corral like top second round, mid second round, and I'm benefiting. And that's what we got going <laughs> for you guys. We're running out of time here. That's all we got. Dynasty conversation. We're gonna have another one of these in a couple of weeks. Just kind of, you know, shooting the dynasty, going back and forth, talking about trends that we're doing. And we're gonna start talking about your guys' trends. Uh, be on the lookout for us on Twitter several days throughout the week. We got questions. We got, we're putting up your trades. We're gonna, we'll get those questions answered that you guys want. And as always, we'll see you guys next time. But if you're still staying around, you guys didn't leave yet. Hit subscribe down below at YouTube. Like this video. Go follow us on social media. You see all of our things down below. Mosaic MC everywhere. TikToks, Instagram, Twitter, as well as Facebook. And here on YouTube. Anything else, Jason? Yep, that covers it from my end. Sounds good. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. And go out there and start making some more trades. <laughs>